Hi, and welcome to the Getting Past Survivor podcast, where we talk about the inner peace we feel when we heal from trauma. I'm Helen Brenner, and I'm a certified NLP in hypnosis trauma healing coach, and I'm a voice for the voiceless. Stay with us as we talk about our healing journeys. From the moments before we're born, we experience pain to some degree. Pressure of the womb, getting tighter around us, pain of birth, and then the bright lights in our eyes and the cold air on our skin and in our lungs, and the hospital staff probing at us. All before we are snuggled up to our mothers. The first nurture we get outside the womb is the blanket we're wrapped in and the bottle or breast placed in our mouths. We cry out for our needs. We cry because that's all our brains know how to do to relieve the tension we experience. It's baby's way of alerting someone to take away the discomfort we experience. Hunger, cold, wet, lonely, scared. We need all of our needs met by our caregivers and crying is our only way of communicating. Adults provide baby care based on beliefs learned through books and family and media, etc. One type of adult is very reactive to the baby's cries, doing and trying anything they can to soothe the baby and stop the crying. Another group has the mindset that babies will learn to soothe themselves and have a more hands-off approach to the crying, past meeting the basic needs of hunger and diaper and environment. Others fall somewhere in between. There are a lot of opinions about responding to the cries. A lot of these I heard from my own mom when my kids were babies. She'd say, it's good to let them cry themselves to sleep. Don't spoil the baby by picking them up all the time. Regardless of the parenting style you grew up with, you learn ways to soothe yourself, either by example or by force. But you never lost the need of connection to your caregiver. This is the foundation of attachment theory. As babies turn into waddlers and toddlers, their need for autonomy emerges, and they begin the venturing off. However, they still need their mom, or their primary caregiver, for safety. Through this beginning transition into independence, littles will hold on to the clothing or hand of their mom while stretching away. They soon realize that what they want to explore is out of reach of mom. They let go of mom's hand and move slightly away, looking back to be sure she's still there, but quickly dart back to the safety of mom. They do this again and again, going further, staying away from mom longer, but continue to have her in sight. Their urge to explore is strong, but so is their need to be in the safety of mom. The power of the whoopee. We don't really know the power of stuffed animals and blankets when we first give them to our babies. But as babies are developing, they are developing attachment to the objects around them. And these whoopies become more than objects to babies. They're comfort within. As toddlers continue their quest to explore, they can only do so when they feel safe and secure. They can't take mom with them, so they take something that provides that connection. They're whoopies, which is a pacifier, 
a blanket, a stuffy, a book, their thumb. Having these whoobies in their possession gives them the confidence to explore further, eventually not even having to look back to be sure mom is nearby, at least not as often anyway. Without being aware, adults see the child through a developed brain that has learned self-soothing to some degree. But young children haven't learned any of these skills until we teach them. We're born with an empty slate that needs to be shown how. Too often, parents deny children their connected whoobies because they don't understand why children need them. And for those children who rely on whoobies, they find that as they get a bit older, adults judge and feel judged about when their children are going to give up their whoobies. Rules are applied without even confirming if the child is ready or not. Parents decide to stop the thumb, bottle, or breast and take away the blanket and the pacifier. The loss of the healthy, comforting whoobie can leave a child feeling lost and confused. The child might start to cry more, have difficulty sleeping, wake up crying, resume holding on to parents, sneak their thumb, and the childish whoopee gets replaced by something more acceptable to society. Unhealthy whoobies. Throughout our lives, if there are parts of us with pain that wasn't healed, and we never really found whoobies that soothe us deeply, or our whoobies are taken away too early, we adopt adult whoobies to help ease the tension. Food, television, phone apps, holding onto objects and clinging to dysfunctional relationships, cigarettes, alcohol, sex, drugs, and even obsessively working are self-soothing whoobies that come with negative consequences that cause more pain. And so we find ways to relieve that new pain with something else. We all have a lifetime of experience with our own set of whoobies. They serve you for a reason and may continue serving you today. They can be hard to give up. Whoobies can and do shift as we go along through life. People carry smooth rocks in their pockets to rub between their fingers. Just knowing the rock is there is comfort enough. Others wear certain types of fabric that soothes their skin. Other examples, your favorite cup, a favorite ring you spin on your finger, jewelry, a blanket you sleep with, a pet, your phone, holding a glass or a cigarette in your hand. Work can become a whoopee, the safety of being needed, the paycheck for support. People can become our whoopies. For example, someone with addiction whoopee can find a whoopee substitute in their sponsor or probation officer if the addiction caused too much conflict. Others find whoobies in extramarital affairs to relieve the tension of the conflict in their primary relationships. Some whoobies are very innocent. Others are harmful. But most are somewhere in between. Recognizing we have whoobies is crucial to our mental health because they're an indicator of tension we're experiencing. Releasing that tension will release the whoobie, if that's what you desire. In my journey of getting past Survivor, I had my own whoobies. After I was raped for the first time at seven, I began sucking my thumb. My thumb was my way of easing the fear, pain, confusion I was experiencing. That whoobie continued for quite a few years and was met with so much negativity and teasing and countless attempts to get me to stop. 
I know I couldn't stop sucking my thumb. I still knew that soothing while I endured continued sexual abuse and bullying. Outside of the privacy of my room, I found comfort in sweets. The sweet whoopee lasted decades after the thumb whoopee was no longer used in my early teens. Some of my whoopies I'm keeping because they're simply comforting for me. My morning cup of coffee, for example. Others I've let go of because they caused more tension. My strongest whoopee, sweets, made me quite overweight, which was very painful emotionally. Which led to more sweets, please. When I lost a significant amount of weight, I found myself craving sweets again. Turned out that I hadn't recognized the use of the sweets would be to comfort my taste buds and ultimately keep me in a body that wasn't attractive to people and protect me from unwanted sexual advances. I needed a whoopee when I was thin to relieve the negative feelings I experienced. The cycle of gaining and losing was a cycle of tension, relief, tension, relief. I needed to resolve my mindset around being thinner in order to no longer need the sweets whoopee. What whoopies do you recognize in your life? Your present, your past, your childhood? What do you think they're relieving? The brain is brilliant at taking care of us, and whoobies were the first tool we ever learned. They worked then, and they work now, although not always how we want them to. Let me know if you'd like to explore the whoobies of your life. Thank you.